Broadcasting from the Unshackled Studios in Melbourne, this is Will's Front, brought to you by the Unshackled.net. Now here's Tim Wills. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wilms Front on this Thursday, the 20th of, of, of October 2022. Already tongue-tied at the beginning of the show. We are live on the Wilms Front YouTube, DLive, and Odyssey channels, as well as on the Interactive Entropy software, where throughout the program, uh, you can ask a direct question of us, or even better yet, send through a super chat to support the production of not just this program, but all Unshackled Productions. Uh, it is 8.20 p.m. here in Melbourne, Victoria, starting 10 minutes early, uh, which, well, I'm always starting late, so it's good to start early uh, once in a while. It'll be a different format to tonight's Wilmsfront show. It won't be a featured interview show, but a review show of the Netflix LGBT show that has topped the most watched chart, uh, but has also generated much cultural commentary about the ethics of uh, true crime uh, dramatization, and that is Dharma Monster, the Jeffrey Dharma story by Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan. It is based on the real-life homosexual serial killer Jeffrey Dharma from Milwaukee, Wisconsin in the United States, who from 1978 to 1991, murdered, murdered and dismembered 17 boys and young men, eating some of them. Uh, Evan Peters betrays Jeffrey Dahmer in the limited 10-part uh, series. Uh, so the the series uh, dedicates uh, a lot of time to Dahmer's uh, victims and families and uh, especially those who were Black and Asian, but it has still been labelled uh, exploitative and by it's also been labelled by some LGBT activists as not the representation they were looking for. So there's a lot to unpack when uh, reviewing this show for you and also distinguishing true crime fact from on-screen dramatisations which take creative liberties. So who better to help me do that uh, than the man who got me into the show, Richard Wilsoncroft from the report from yes. Tiger Mountain, Cafe Locked Out, the No Goat Show and organiser of the Melbourne Underground Film Festival. Have I left anything off your bio, Richard? Well, welcome back Filmmaker, to Filmmaker, you know, philosopher, writer, you know, troublemaker. You know, so that's that's the general deal. So, um, yeah, look, the, I'm glad you watched it and uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, you know, it was, uh, um, look, you know, I mean, you know, Netflix, you know, obviously a lot of people are like, oh, you should cancel your Netflix account. Well, you know, it's not really that much money. It's like $20 a month. Um, you know, I mean, it's I don't mind. expensive ones. Uh, it's still expensive. I, I don't mind downloading things off the internet for free. You know, I, I haven't joined Disney or any of those crazy things if I want to watch the what the latest way they've ruined the new Star Wars <laughs> shows. So, you know, I often don't join them or a friend's got, uh, you know, a password that they can borrow if I want to, you know, watch some binge watch something but like i, I have kept netflix uh, they do actually do two things well on netflix i've noticed um they do uh um true crime is there is almost like yeah, their bread and butter the main thing that great. i want on netflix great great um true crime documentaries and they do try a uh, great true crime miniseries or movies and um obviously like this dharma thing this is not the first one they've done obviously they did one on um uh, you know, Ted Bundy, that was kind of like Ted Bundy uh, kind of fever for a while. There was the Bundy tapes. 
and then they did one on uh, John Wayne Gacy, and then there was one on The Night Stalker. So, um, you know, I've always been fascinated by true crime and uh, fascinated by serial killers and that kind of thing. So, uh, obviously, when the Dharma thing came along, I thought, well, I'd give it a go. And, um, you know, I mean, um, you know, when I first saw the trailer, I thought, God, do I really want to watch a series about this poor guy or this, this psychopathic gay guy murdering these black guys in his apartment in, in you know, Milwaukee? But it kind of like suckers you in a bit, you know what I mean? And um, there are lo lots to unpack about it. Um, look, I... You know, obviously, there's been the outroar from the gay community um, in relation to it being labelled LGBT. Well, look, I mean, I think they got to they got to claim it. You know what I mean? I mean, he definitely was a member of the LGBT community. Obviously, it's not the kind of um, portrayal they would like, but you can't choose. Not everybody is perfect. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, the, you know, the white male community. We we got to own John Wayne Gacy. We're going to own, you know, Ted Bundy. I mean, well, John uh, John Wayne Gacy was, uh, despite his denials. Well, he, he Probably a member of the LGBT community himself, you know. So there you go, you know. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I mean, they're not a whole stack of, um, you know, gay uh, serial killers. They're probably pretty rare. Um, probably there, gay. There, there has been a a number, uh, especially uh, during sure. the the seventies, eighties in the the United States. I've got the the list here. So. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer, he, uh, 17, uh, men and boys, he murdered, uh, John Wayne Gacy, who in Chicago, uh, Illinois, uh, murdered, uh, 33, uh, uh men and boys. Very close, the... very close to Milwaukee too, Chicago. So like, you know, it's not, not a good area to have grown up in, in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. If you're a gay man. Uh, over in the UK, uh, Dennis Nielsen, uh, which is yep. also a, a Netflix movie on, 12. No, they did a good documentary and they did a show with the guy who played Doctor Who. Um, what was that name of the actor? I can't remember. Was it Matt Smith? No, it was the other one. It was, uh, I can't remember his name. Anyway, uh, yeah, the guy from uh, Doctor Who played uh, Dennis Nielsen. So, you know, it was interesting. Go ahead. Uh, and there's uh, the... Uh, the, the lesbian serial killer who actually murdered straight men, uh, Eileen Warhorse, who murdered yep. um, um, Charlie Saron did a good job with her and won the Academy Award. I thought that was good. So, yeah, I mean, but there's still not a stack. There's still, you can count them on one hand, the major ones anyway. Um, you know, but uh, obviously I think serial killing kind of, you know, was rampant uh, in the, it kind of really became a thing in the 60s. And then seventies, it was that was this, definitely the decade of the serial killer. And then it obviously carried through to the eighties and nineties. And then the last 20, 22 years, obviously there've been uh, the old one, and there's been some that have been active for many years. Um, you know, like BTK or whatever. He was operational in the seventies and eighties and stuff, and they caught him in, in in the last twenty years. But uh, it, it hasn't been quite as many serial killers. Um, or at least maybe they're, um, you know, not giving them the news. I mean, um, but I, I don't think there are. They're, they're the golden age of serial killing was the, was the 70s and 80s, I'd say, with the, with a bit of a hangover into the 90s. And um, Jeffrey Dahmer, I think, can come at the tail end of that, don't you think? Well, but the, the reason why uh, serial killers David were Tennant, in, that's David Tennant, yeah. Yeah. In their, in their prime uh, during uh, those times, the Zodiac Killer, uh, never never caught in the, the the late 60s and early early 70s uh, because it was the pre-DNA uh, era and uh, also because there was the, the development of the, the Interway Highway system. This was before uh, the age of CCTV everywhere, number plates. Yes, yes. 
recognition. So, and it was also the hippie era, and so missing boys and girls were were written off as as runaways. I mean, that's how, uh, particularly uh, John Wayne Gacy and the the Candyman killer. Uh, uh, John Crawl in in Dallas uh, in the, the 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 early seventies, the the local police just uh, wrote uh, wrote them off as as runaways, and so never thought that there were these uh, serial killers who were were taking them off the off the street and terrifically sexually assaulting and murdering them. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's uh, you know, it's it was a strange time. I mean, I mean, there's probably a few doctoral theses that could be written as to why, um, you know, like the late '60s through to the early '90s is like the kind of like a, a period where there would seem to be a lot of serial killer type activity. Um, obviously, it still goes on. It went on before. Um, uh, it went on. Uh, it's gone on after. But it seems about something like the historical window. I mean, there are lots of interesting theories. If you want to go down the Alex Jones conspiracy. Theory, um, you know, I mean, there's been some. I mean, if you watched another good um, TV show that was on Netflix, is the uh, Unibomber, uh, and um, I haven't watched that. It was right. quite That's a. Right. It was a terrorist more rather than a. Oh, a right. no, he definitely had political motivation and everything, but he's someone who's very interesting, and um, it seemed like <clears throat> he went through a um, some kind of almost maybe NK Ultra kind of training. And that, and I think it's interesting to have looked into the past of some of these people because Dharma was in the military and there are a lot of interesting, weird connections. Um, there's another show on Netflix uh, about serial killers uh, called Sons of Sam. Everyone knows the Son of Sam cases in New York and, um, you know, everyone blames it all on David Berkowitz. But there was long been a, a theory that it was more than one person, that there was a whole group of people and that they were like a satanic cult, you know. But people say... <clears throat> it's like satanic panic or whatever, but like no, I think <clears throat> there's some um, there's some actual real evidence there that it was more than one person, and um, whoever else it was was never prosecuted or even pursued. So look that out. It's called um, Sons of uh, Sons of Sam. It's on Netflix. Yeah, that's as well. also on Netflix. Yeah, that's great. And it's based on a book by, by Maury Terry called The Ultimate Evil, which actually links um, the Son of Sam killers to the Manson murders. So again. Um, I've always had a kind of conspiratorial belief that at least some serial killers are connected to each other, whether it be through some kind of MK Ultra thing or whether it be through some kind of satanic thing. Obviously, not all of them, um, but it's an interesting line of inquiry uh, if you are conspiratorially minded, like we are here. I recently watched, uh, it was, it's on Investigation Discovery, so in Australia it's on Foxtel and, and Binge, uh, the... Uh, the clown and the candy man. So it talks about the the link between uh, uh, Dean Coral's uh, reign in in Dallas, where he's he has at least twenty eight victims of uh, young boys and men that he raped and murdered. Well, and he had two, and I'm not really familiar with his case. So well, um, he had two teenage accomplices, but in uh, in yeah in Dallas. That that channel, as I I said, uh, investigation discovery, so Foxtel or the streaming service binge. But uh, Dean Coral and John Wayne Gacy, they have a connection. Well, uh, 
at the at their cities uh, during their their time was you could probably describe him as the what is it the gay uh, Jeffrey Epstein this John David Norman who he uh, procured and trafficked uh, young boys in the the seventies and eighties for the elites of society and he yeah. had uh, these index cards and he kept getting caught and and going into to prison and but the the index cards would mysteriously disappear once they 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 got into uh police custody one of john wayne gacy's employees for his uh uh maintenance construction uh company uh was philip uh, Pasky, who was an accomplice of john wayne norman so gacy you know I, mean? I know each other and there are connections and um you know and i think you know like this kind of pizzagate stuff you know what i mean obviously there are networks and then you know what i mean it, like like and one thing john wayne gacy said is that you know he didn't kill all the people that were under his house yes but- yes he accuses john <clears throat> david norman and philip Pasky of using his uh, house yeah. uh so i think Dumpy, That's why I really down. recommend more, uh, Maury Terry's The Ultimate Evil, um, which actually does try and um, link these things together. Is through on um, Netflix? Uh, it is on Netflix, and um, and it's really great. Like, it's uh, it's a book. I never thought they would turn that into a... Um, it's, I read the book in the 80s and was like, well, it kind of blew my mind, you know what I mean? Because I, I thought The Son of Sam was just committed by David Berkowitz. But, the, you know, there's all these links, uh, and it gets to, like, rich Hollywood, you know, um, you know, um, Jewish people like Roy Re- Roy Redkin who produced uh, the Cotton Club and people like this who then died mysteriously. So um, it's very fascinating. Uh, uh, the original book is by Maury Terry. It's been reprinted. It's at a lot of bookstores at the moment. So uh, it's really worth looking into. And as I said, it, it almost tries to form a, uh, a, compl- a, a, a grand theory of what the serial killer phenomenon was about. And I think it speculates that it was some kind of psi operation, that it was some kind of MKUltra possibly at least some of them um some of them obviously are just individualistic psychopaths but some of them maybe were connected and so it's a very interesting thing and um you know so it's something worth investigating should we talk about the dharma show now yes let's get into well first let's get into how the i think that the fact that uh activists like lgbt activists like were outraged that it was tagged that way probably had well you you'd be familiar with the streisand uh, effect and so i think oh there's this con- because if people say don't watch this show it's exploitative but uh, yeah, they will and uh i noticed that uh sure everybody in the gay community was watching it too don't worry you know yeah. they were they would have been watching it and i actually don't think it's necessarily um um the worst i mean obviously you know he is a reprehensible person he did terrible terrible things but he is kind of different though to someone like um, John Wayne Gacy or Ted Bundy, who is almost like pure predation or pure, almost pure evil. Uh, whereas there's something about Jeffrey Dahmer that's kind of clearly he was mentally ill, and he was yeah. this kind of awful sense of loneliness that he wanted to keep, you know, these people here in some sense. And there's a kind of awful psychology of, um, I mean, you almost feel sorry for the guy. You know what I mean? That somehow he's driven to this insanity. And so I think, you know, he, I mean, he's slightly more sympathetic than. Than someone who's like pure evil, someone like Ted Bundy, you know. Um, so I, I think it, the gay community shouldn't really be that upset about it. I mean, obviously, they, you know, at the moment everybody's going to you know, they get upset about everything. But I think it's obviously become a very high rating show, and um, they've accompanied it with oh. the um, 
the, the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes as well. There's a three part. Yes, um, by yeah. uh, Joe uh, Berlinga. I've, uh, he does uh, a lot of, he does the whole tape series on Netflix and he also uh, directed the, the, the dramatization uh, Ted, Ted Bundy film. Uh, I must make sure I get the, the, the name right. Uh, Extremely Wicked, yeah. Shocking, Evil and Vile. That's a, yeah, a that's real right. With so Zach clearly it's a business strategy. It's a business strategy of Netflix to do these shows. You know, when they do, um, they do a big uh, serial killer show. And obviously we've done other shows like The Tiger King. I think that's probably the number one rated show that's ever happened on Netflix. And number two is now the Jeffrey Dahmer monster. Yeah. They got uh, Zach Efron to play. Uh, the yeah. Ted there you Dunn. go. Oh, who's who's that by? Oh, that's the that's by Anne E. Schwartz. Uh, that's the original yeah. book, Monster. Schwartz, ladies and gentlemen, Schwartz. Yeah, and um, you know, she's in the uh in the the Jeffrey Tama tapes, and she's also uh debunked a lot of the creative liberties that that Ryan Murphy and uh Ian Brennan took in the series Ryan Murphy he was the showrunner who's done Glee American Horror Story Nip Tuck he's gay himself so it was it was uh, created and by uh, I see by gay. those American Horror Story uh, shows they're not bad but uh, you know, and um, has been in the guy, guy Pai Dama. I mean, if there was, uh, I mean, I guess there is. There's the Emmys, but um, you know, he 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 really did an amazing job. Um, in a very very yeah. tough part because it's it's um, you know, you know, one of the reasons I first didn't really want to watch it because it was it, it was going to it was going to be very claustrophobic in that apartment, and obviously that's part yeah, of that's, it. You know, uh, that's, that's first the... couple episodes are very claustrophobic. Yeah. The, but the it first broadens out, out. And, but you know, you get a bigger picture and, um, you know, I think, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, and he's kind of obsessed with the film Exorcist 3. I don't know if you've ever seen that film directed by uh, William Peter Blatty. And um, it's a show that um, deals with uh, Satanism, like at a kind of level, uh, like what I was talking about before with Sons of Sam. And um, it's a very, um, it's a great film. It, there was Exorcist 1, written by William Peter Blatty and directed by William Friedkin. And then there was Exorcist 2, made by John Borman, that had nothing to do with the previous film. But then they made Exorcist 3, and so that is actually connected. So I highly recommend people see that. And um, it does have a palpable sense of evil, that film. And, uh, you know, one thing people don't discuss in relation to Dharma is to what uh, extent maybe he had some satanic uh, or was being possessed when he did these things. Um, you know, um, that brings almost a kind of theological, metaphysical dimension to it. I think um, he was suffering um, from demonic possession, you know, um, during his acts. And uh, the show touches on that, but no one really talks about it because it's the kind of thing that makes people uncomfortable because obviously when you acknowledge um, things like demonic possession are real, Christianity becomes real, God is real, the devil is real, all this kind of stuff. People like that don't like to talk about that stuff these days. <laughs> Well, it's contrary to what is portrayed in the the series. He did go to church with his grandmother because he oh, was uh, about eight years was living with his with his grandmother. And... Yeah, but he was also murdering people at the same time. Yes, yes. That, and, was, that was kind of almost funny the way he was kind of like murdering people in grandma's basement. It was like, God Almighty, this guy, you know. Yeah, and and uh, she demanded I mean, he move out because of all the men that he was bringing back. Yeah. He's clearly a repulsive character in many ways, but the performance of Evan Peters, I think, made him human and tried to bring out 
you know, I mean, he didn't seem to suffer any major trauma um, as a child outside of the fact that his parents were, you know, they hated each other and he was left alone a lot. And obviously he was a kid who shouldn't have been left alone because, um, you know, and then his father taught him like taxidermy, which is clearly another mistake, which obviously got him interested in cutting things up and, you know, got him used to, you know. Yeah. In the, in that, uh, like the sixties, uh, which he was a, he was a young child. It wasn't yet a, a, entrenched uh there wasn't this entrenched alarm that uh young young boys who mutilate uh dissect animals will grow up to be serial killers like if your yeah. child does that today uh, be very alarmed <laughs> well i think that yeah obviously that is actually a sign um uh, and i think his father kind of encouraged him to take this up but i mean look well, he know, was a chemist lionel his father have had a, so, he could have had connections to the intelligence community. This is his book, by the way, A Father's Story, which uh, I got, which is, uh, I haven't read it yet. I've read about a chapter of it. Um, so it's worth a look. Um, you know, was he, did he create Jeffrey Dahmer as a kind of NK Ultra experiment? I don't know. Uh, I just think he probably, uh, you know, had a, a lonely son. He was out away a lot. So, and then when he did connect with his son, I think maybe he thought this, you know, he could be a scientist or he could, you know, get into medicine. I imagine he was just doing it in a good naturedly way. And then, um, obviously, it became an unhealthy obsession for Dharma. So he had a younger brother, uh, Jeffrey. I don't hear anything about him. I think yeah, it turned out normal. Yeah, he's normal. Like yeah. I would have liked to have seen because the it mainly focuses on uh, oh his his father Lionel and yeah. uh, his uh, his uh, mother who is yeah. uh, who, who is uh, where, where are we? Yeah, that crazy bitch. Yeah, and um, his stepmother. Uh, so Richard Jenkins plays Lionel Dharma, who's the <laughs> father and stepbrothers. Uh, so he. The guy plays the stepbrother did a good job. I've seen him in a lot of shows before, and uh, he, he yeah. did a very good job. And, yeah, and uh, it, uh, it is a high quality show. And um, as I said, the first two episodes are a bit gruesome uh, and a bit hard to watch, but then if you hang in there, it, it's worth it. It is a pretty well made show. And uh, Molly Ringwald, she plays Shari Dharma. And, like, it's good to see Molly was Ringwald. Was Molly Ringwald? Yeah, it was. Like, it's good I didn't to, even like, recognise her. The, the, wow. the teen queen from the 80s. Like, it was good well, to see her as major. I mean, she's I old even, now. Yeah, obviously. And I didn't recognise her, um, you know. So, um, well, good on Molly Ringwald. You know, I used to love her in the 80s. So, you know, and obviously, you know, there's a kind of 80s and 90s kind of connection here. So, you know, it's quite appropriate to have her back. And, um, yeah, look, um, another thing that's in the show is, you know, I guess what you call the woke stuff, you know. Um, you know, the fact that Dharma, a lot of Dharma's victims, uh, this is probably one of the reasons that like, the LGBT community doesn't like it because a lot of his victims were, um, you know, young black men, you know, that he picked up in the uh, gay scene in um, in Milwaukee. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, was Jeffrey Dharma a racist? Uh, I mean, I guess... You know, I mean, I guess you could say, you know, he was, he, you could say that he was a, he had a, what is it, sexually racial preferences. Though, yes, he's, I mean, he's, technically, he liked black people, right? Because he was sexually uh, attracted. Yeah, to yeah, yeah many of his victims murdered them, so uh, it's probably. Yeah. Well, right, uh, as well. Like his first victim, Stephen Hicks, was a eighteen-year-old hitch hiker who he picked up because he was attracted to the fact that he was shown him with a dumbbell and strangled him to death. He was missing for 13 years. How come there was nothing about, uh, because his parents, they 
uh, hired a private investigator? How come there was no focus on this family, the Hicks family, who'd lost, you know, their missing son for 13 years? Mm. Yeah, well, I think, you know, there's something interesting about the Dharma case. As I said, uh, he, he seems to have come from a, you know, a place, uh, his motivation, you know, was was a, a kind of loneliness or something, you know what I mean? That kind of makes him a kind of more tragic figure than many of the more brutal, um, purely predatory serial killers. And I think, uh, you know, he, he committed that first murder and then he didn't do it for a long time, almost 10 years, I think. And uh, yeah. it was in his late 20s because um, obviously you know, he regretted it and he did have at least some sense of morality. The, the, the so tapes. He, I mean, he was uh, a classic, he was a classic um, psychopath though. Um, yeah. The, the tapes go into like what led him to eventually go on the the mass killing spree. So he he claims that he started to what is it act on his uh, uh, homosexuality when he was passed a a proposition note in a library, like meet me in the bathrooms or whatever. And so that's when he started going to like gay clubs, gay bathhouses. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want what is it. He realized he didn't want them to leave. He, what is it? He wanted absolute control. And so that's when he drugged them in the the gay bathhouses and eventually got banned because one had to get an ambulance call. And then it just escalated from there that he liked to have them uh, around for around forever he what is it dismembered them what is he kept he kept uh one of them the the genitals and the the head and then it got to the stage where i mean i I think it's pretty clear i mean obviously they had a mental um the defense tried to do um a mental um mental incop what's the word i'm looking for um uh insane yeah i mean you know i mean i mean he was insane you know i mean i think i don't know how they didn't get an insane defense with all the things that he'd done i mean it how could you find anyone who is more insane than the things he because was doing? He, like, if you listen to the tapes, he just comes across as as normal. Uh, but because he, well, he was, it, it, because eventually the the bodies decomposed and like uh, so they weren't really with him anymore. That's when he decided he was going to be uh, some sort of mad scientist and create uh, zombies, uh, yes. and that's. Uh, what he tried to do uh, most uh, tragically with that uh, 14-year-old uh, uh, Lao boy, Konarak uh, Sinner uh, Pomphone, who is actually played by a 20-year-old Filipino actor, Kieran. Uh, uh, he was basically performing kind of um, homemade lobotomies on people. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, 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 yeah injecting horrible, acid horrible, in the brain. Horrible, insane, absolutely. Um, you know, crazy as you can get, really. And um, but again, he he was doing it though because he he was trying to sort of somehow incapacitate these young men, or, or you know, so that they would stay with him, you know, and be like his uh, companion. Or so there's a kind of almost tragic um, loneliness to his insanity. Um, you know, I, I think that is is interesting. And um, but you know, clearly. Uh, he was uh, extremely mentally ill, and I think he would have been because they released him into general population, where he was eventually killed. Um, not you know, about a year after he got out of, you know, what's it called? There's a special protection they can give you in prison. So he was in there for a while. Then they released him into Gen Pop. It didn't last eight months, I think, which obviously makes sense because someone was going to take him out, and they did. And um, you know, um, I think it probably would have been better to have uh, 
uh, put him into a mental hospital, obviously with no chance he could ever get out. But there they could study him. I think there's probably a lot of things that they could have learned um, about serial killers and about sociopaths. Um, you know, he did have no empathy. When he chose a victim, he had no empathy. And that's a clear, you know, clear sign of a psychopath. You know? In the episode six, Silence, which tells the story. You know, it was of, a very good episode, I thought. That was yeah, quite of, uh, Tony Hughes, who a, 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 a deaf and mute uh, black gay man. Yeah. So it tells his story how he wanted to go to Milwaukee to, to be a model. And it portrays that Dharma has like some connection with him. But when he goes to leave, that's when he. Yeah. he well, it seems him. like that, you know, he would have liked, you know, because um, to some extent, um, and this is why I thought that was probably the best episode of the show, because it showed that, you know, this guy who was deaf and really couldn't speak, he could only communicate for writing, that he had a certain kind of distance from the world and a certain kind of loneliness that the Dharma could relate to. You know what I mean? The problem was, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, is the Dharma was like, a, you know, like if the loneliness that this deaf guy could hardly talk, um, you know, is a certain level of loneliness, Dharma's was a thousand times worse, which was what made him a psychopath, I think. So, you know, it was kind of sad because you could see he liked that character and and I don't know if that's true in real life, but like uh, I thought the the filmmakers would make an interesting point. Um, you know, someone like Jeffrey Dahmer was like a, it's like a distant star. You know what I mean? Like um, in relation to how far he is away from humanity. And um, you know, I think that was quite sad that episode, and um, it was very very well done. Um, and you know, if they're giving out Emmys to, uh, you know, that's Emmy worthy. I thought that episode um, it was very well done. The ep- the next episode, uh, Cassandra, which focused on uh, Glenda Cleveland, uh, who like nobody listened to. She uh, this is the bigger biggest creative oh, yeah. liberty. She did not live in the the Oxford apartment buildings in the the next door. She lived across the the road, and uh, she her uh, daughter and niece were the the one ones who discovered uh, Conorak naked uh when he wandered outside of jeffrey's yeah. apartment and uh uh protested when the the police uh believed dharma's story that he was his 19 year old uh boyfriend, boyfriend who drank too much and took him yeah. back to the the apartment Obviously, so policing they, they created, in yeah, the they created a, yeah they created a composite character yeah. Uh, they merged the next door neighbor Pamela Bass with Glenda Cleveland. Um, Pamela Bass's husband is interviewed for the the tapes series, and she did confront him about the the smell. Uh, sh- uh, but she, they weren't suspicious that he was a serial murderer. Um, uh, but uh, she actually did eat uh, his sandwiches. There's that scene where uh, Glenda Glenda Cle- uh, Jeffrey Dahmer offers Glenda Cleveland a sandwich in a apartment well, so most of what happened it's like, that, pork. It's like pork apparently yeah, yeah in that in that episode never happened uh she did follow up uh glenda cleveland she died in 2011 with the police about uh missing conorak <laughs> and she did get to meet uh jesse jesse jackson uh she was uh given an award uh, those uh two police officers who returned conorak uh, John Balkaritz and Joseph Gabrish, who are reinstated, they weren't given a police association award that was made up. Yeah, well, I think um, 
you know, I mean, there's a, there is that kind of uh, woke politics that they've obviously, well, I mean, is it inserted? Is it not? I mean, you know, he, he certainly chose um, most of his victims, uh, 80% of his victims were uh, people of colour. So, um, yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Was that because he liked them? Yes, probably. But also, was it because he realised that the people from this community weren't going to be missed? You know, because it's a very transient community, a lot of drug addicts and um, drug dealers or within the gay scene, the black gay scene in Milwaukee. Um, and it was also a time um, in the, what's it called, the Dharma tapes. They talk about AIDS. There are a lot of young gay men who were getting sick. And in other words, they were disappearing from the gay scene. And everyone would think, oh, well, they've, you know, they've gotten, you know, they've gotten AIDS and, and died. So, you know, like, um, and Dharma was operating in that period, you know, late 80s, early 90s when there are many young um, gay men were like, dying of AIDS as well. So, you know, it, it's um, interesting. Um, and now I think it is probably correct that the show should at least focus um, a little bit upon that. And, that you know, I do think that the police, obviously, when they returned that young man to Dharma, obviously they could have ended it there if they'd gone inside, if they'd looked up his record, because he had a record, you know, for doing uh, this kind of thing well, before. Well, um, molesting Conor uh younger brother uh, three yeah, years Three, they can't three believe years that. earlier, yeah, it's a, a tragic uh, coincidence. His uh, older brother Somsack. Who could believe that, right? Who could believe that it was someone from the same family? You know, he'd done it. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? And um, you know, obviously, it should have ended that night. Uh, the police should have uh, followed things up. But I mean, you know, I mean, maybe the cops that had a long day, maybe they were like, oh, this, yeah. and this, I mean, what do you like? Is that so, like that? probably was a situation they'd never faced before like a young naked man outside and then this this other man comes and says oh he's my yeah. uh boyfriend and like they're sort of like you know what what uh, can we we do and obviously they believed he was an adult when he was only uh 14 but it is hard to tell with south east asian men there their age as i mentioned he's played by a, a 19 year old filipino uh so this is uh uh kieran on uh instagram here that uh, don't worry y'all he's a nice guy like, does look like the real person you know that he portrays so you know i mean i mean i think i imagine the police just didn't want to get involved you know what i mean and i think because they probably did have a general dislike of the gay community in milwaukee so they're like was, well, you know yeah, and, uh, it was just, it was legal, uh, like when Dharma was killing homosexuality, like uh, sodomy laws were in place in a lot of U.S. states. The reason why uh, we should mention Dharma uh, was sentenced to uh, life in prison, not uh, the death penalty, like uh, John Wayne Gacy, because Wisconsin hasn't had the death penalty since 1848. They didn't even want to bring it back to fry. They're almost Dharma. Canadians up there. They're almost Canadians. So they're very, very liberal, you know. But Wisconsin was a Trump state until uh, they rigged it in 2020. So, um, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? And, um, look, I, obviously I think the police should have looked into things further and then, you know, there would be about eight less victims, I think, because he killed about another six or seven after that. So, um, you know, obviously it's terrible what happened that night. Um, the police clearly were negligent. They probably should have been um, suspended for a long time, if not fired. Um, but, you know... If, uh, but they weren't. They were eventually let back on because the, the police union kicked up a stink. Well, you know, that's that. And I think, um, you know, what was the name of the um, African-American leader 
he got involved. He came to the Jesse, uh, Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson. I think that. I mean, I think Jesse Jackson probably did have some kind of reason because that. You know, um, I think you know if this was happening to a, a group of white guys, maybe um, or, or straight people at least, there would have been a lot more police uh, attention. There's something about no. the police wanting to turn a blind eye to this within the uh, coloured black community. I no. think that's probably true. No. Going back to John Wayne Gacy again, I mean, all of his victims were, were white and the police just, uh, they were, it was only because uh, he, he was uh, a race. murdered one boy, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Pete. I don't think Jeffrey uh, Dahmer was a racist. You know, I don't. So I think he liked these. Yeah, um, that, he, you know, he, he, he was a psychopath and sadly he was, you know, severely a lunatic, you know. So, you know, he liked them though. So I don't think that's a, completely fair but i do think he probably knew that preying on them uh within that community that you know it was not a, an area police were particularly present um and you're even interested in following up if you know what i mean like people and, go uh, john wayne gacy he makes an appearance in the the final episode played by yeah, Dominic burgess and there's a sort of hint that there could be a a second monster series uh with like a a, a spin-off uh about that and Dominic Burgess has said that he's interested if Ryan Murphy is is, is up for it, uh, because John Wayne Gacy was executed because Illinois has the death penalty on the the same day that uh, Jeffrey Tama was was baptized in prison when it was a a full solar eclipse. I actually corresponded with John Wayne Gacy in the nineties when I run uh, in really my health club. Yeah, I have a painting by John Wayne Gacy still. Yeah, is it uh, is it with you? Right now, uh, it's downstairs. I should have brought it up. It's uh, it's one of the clown ones. You know, I bought it from oh, a place called okay. City, and actually, um, I'm keen to actually sell it because I'm sick of fucking having that thing in my house. Um, to be honest, and um, but I think it, you know, it's quite um, quite valuable these days. And um, so yeah, I had an interest in in, in serial killers. So uh, he was obviously still alive. So I wrote to him, and um, I found out. I knew someone was selling his paintings in Australia, so I wrote to him to find out. We have a couple of, I have a couple of letters somewhere, and then um, obviously I bought one of his paintings. I actually bought two, but that, the other one, another one ended up at a friend's house, and then, uh, you know, I don't know what happened. You know, and they, and they never gave it back to me, and then when I tried to hunt them down, it vanished. So I've lost one of them, but I still have one left. And um, yes, um, uh, you know, um, and they're quite rare because someone actually bought a lot of the John Wayne Gacy paintings. Like a rich guy, he bought them all. And then burn them, um, you know, to destroy them. Uh, and uh, there, there was uh, this is also similar to the the businessman in yeah. in in Dublin to destroy it and donates it to the the families. Yeah. And I guess this was the this uh, we'll, we'll move on to sort of the 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 controversy around true crime docos and dramatizations the well, i've always been fascinated by these kind of dark topics because um, so have I. i've always been interested in the idea of evil and uh, i know there are a lot of people in the new right the alt right or whatever in, in the right wing community that don't want to watch this series and you know to be honest i don't blame them um you know in, in many ways because i think it's just uh, wallowing in degeneracy and that is the element of there's an element of truth to that um, you know, the show has a terrible negative energy. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of these kind of shows, you know, and I watch them when they come on Netflix. I actually had a nightmare for like two nights <laughs> that I was at Jeffrey Dahmer's house or something like that. I'll tell you, it takes I, a lot. To I, I, I don't I have had a nightmare because yeah. I, I binge watched it in about a week, right? So I watched 10, 10 hours of this rubbish, um, in like what 
three or four days. So I, obviously, it, you know, it got into my head. And, uh, you know, I, someone else spoke, uh, someone else within the, uh, you know, alt-right, new-right community said, no, they're not going to watch it. This is like um, the show itself is a kind of negative psyop, um, that it's it's pouring this negative energy onto people through Netflix, which has obviously done this kind of thing before. And I don't necessarily 100% agree with that perspective, obviously, no. but, it was, but I do think it's an interesting critique. And I do, I always value the opinions of other people on the right and blah, blah, blah. And um, I don't mind contemplating them and et cetera, et cetera. So I thought I'd share what they said because it did make me think, well, you know, maybe got a point there. I mean, why does it, I mean, it's incredible really that this, think about Netflix. It's like, you know, it's the biggest um, streaming network show in the world. And this is the number two show they've ever had after, yeah. you know, Tiger King, which is crazy it's as well. It was as crazy also as this. about a homosexual who, well, he wanted to kill homosexual. Yeah, you know, he was sort of a criminal and he's in jail, right? So, you know, obviously this kind of flamboyant craziness um, hits a, hits a um, rings a bell at Netflix. And, um, you know, obviously, I mean, look, it is a well-done show, but it is unusual that this is the number two, because they've had a lot of shows on Netflix. They've had thousands upon thousands of shows, and this is the number two show of all time. Incredible. Uh, for me, the reason why I watch a lot of Netflix uh, true crime, whether it be docos or uh, dramatizations, is because it's the eternal question, why? Like, what drives a person to to do that? How are they so, like, cold and calculating that they can do these horrific things and get away with it? And the thing which, like, uh, disgusts me about Dharma, the fact that he disemboweled them like he had that big drum with rotting flesh and obviously he like kept some of them in the freezer and like there's the the one scene where in the the fry pan he's he's cooking some of the flesh and 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 eating it like like the 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 act of killing itself is a like that's enough to make him a monster but it's what he does after he was making zombies he was cannibal i mean this is around the same time as the whole Hannibal Lecter thing, you know, the Science of the Lambs. Oh, uh, yeah, it was released just before uh, yeah. Dharma. So, uh, you know, it's, he was like the real-life Hannibal Lecter. Um, you know, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it's incredibly disturbing, and obviously um, he was completely nuts, you know what I mean? And as I said, I, I, I find it extraordinary that the um, um, jury didn't find him. Um, I mean, you know, I guess it's like that question of, like, you know, um, was he, you know, I think the people of Milwaukee really wanted to lock him up forever. You know what I mean? And that oh, if they put him in a mental option. hospital, if they if you put anyone in a mental hospital, there's the chance that they'll get out one day. So I mean, obviously the town was like, we're not having that. So I mean, that's fair enough, you know. But like, um, I think you know, is if they could have somehow put him in a mental hospital where he has no chance of ever getting out, and then studied him, I think that could have borne fruit in relation to understanding the psychopaths and understanding this kind of evil. Um, because I do think it's important to study evil if you wish to defeat it and um, understanding the uh, psychology of these aberrant um, figures. Um, though one should not overly well uh, wallow in them, I think, and that's what's been going on. I mean, it, like, incredible. They've got the 10-hour show, then you've got the three hours of the tapes. It's like Jeffrey Dahmer month, you know. It's, it's... Yeah, and if you want to go back in time, there's the 2002 Dahmer film. Then there's also, I think, there 10 years ago, another... another uh, another movie based on an old school friend of Jeffrey Dahmer's memoirs, uh, yeah, yeah. my friend, 
uh, Dharma. But let's get on to, and this is probably, I think, you know, even like more sort of, uh, I, I think you sort of say, interesting to discuss to say the least is the the memes that have been put out the humorous memes about Jeffrey Dahmer like, well we'll start with this one uh want to come over for ice cream I have Ben and Jerry in the freezer like you laugh at that one funny. even though it's you know it's I mean, it, it, it's horrific, but, but it's because it's naughty like that's the reason that you laugh and also because I got a band for sharing that by the way so this show's going to get a I got like a 30 day band sharing that on one of my facebook accounts <laughs> dark humor helps people cope with the the whole oh, i agree uh, i don't know why they're banning it. if they're going to put that show on on netflix obviously it's something that's being it's in the cultural yeah. you know, network nexus and um you know you should be able to share jokes and and uh, things about it on facebook you know i mean obviously yeah. they're banning people left right and center i mean not everybody yeah. I see people constantly sharing those and they never get banned i share it once i get 30 days so you know hey. This uh, post by uh, Anita's Hall of Social Justice and Intersectional Feminism at the University of California, Berkeley, uh, I recommend you follow this uh, Facebook uh, page, uh, just like you, you should follow uh, Dr. Anne Lesby on, on Twitter. Uh, so she writes, I'm not saying his dating practices were acceptable. However, he was part of the neurodiverse and uh, LGBTIQA plus plus communities, which we Netflix had to uh, trend carefully. Uh, in case you don't know, Jeff was neurodiverse gay male who's an early adopter of interracial dating with a fondness for men of a darker hue. He also... Yeah, I, I get the idea. You don't need to read it all. I get the idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get the idea. So, yeah, I mean, look, you know, I mean, um, you know, um, as I said, I, personally, I think that the gay community shouldn't have a problem with it because um, it's really something that doesn't happen very often. And um, obviously they should, like with any community, they should wish to understand the people of that community who um who, who make mistakes and go horribly wrong like obviously jeffrey Dahmer did so um i don't think it's a problem for the gay community understand it has been a big yeah. um, but um, i just want to talk about some of the other shows that i've been on at the moment uh, yeah i just want to finish off with uh because uh, i, I stay on about another five minutes mate i gotta get go yeah i'll just play this uh so uh the actor who plays Conorak, kieran Tumadoc. He he he's he dances to Katy Perry's Dark Horse, which has this line. So you know, there you go. So you know, um, yes. people, gonna be, people are gonna be doing um what's it called TikTok videos to Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean it's become you know, it's become yeah, bigger Katy than Perry, Kesha and Eminem have referenced Jeffrey Dahmer in their songs and they're being asked to retrospectively apologize. Only a matter of time, ladies and gentlemen, until there's the Disney musical. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't even be surprised. They turned American Psycho into a musical, so why wouldn't they turn Jeffrey Dahmer into one? You know? Mm. Crazy. What a world. Yes, out of control degeneracy, ladies and gentlemen. That's exactly what's going on. Um, you know, but I do think it's interesting, uh, to examine these cultural artifacts and to examine this phenomena. And obviously that's what we'll be doing tonight here on Wilms Front. Yes. And uh, you, like, uh, obviously we've spoken a bit about Netflix. You still think it's it's value for money? Oh, I don't care if it's value for money. I, I like some of the shows on it. And um, uh, it's, it's the only platform that I've joined. Uh, I think I get Amazon Prime as well um, because I, I order Amazon. So I, I, just, I do uh, subscribe to, to Disney Plus because it's got all the old Fox show on because they bought 21st Century Fox. 
It's no, only I, for adults, Disney Plus. Like, children should My girlfriend um, has that, I think. I, I watched the Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, I used her password and watched that. So I think there's some other Star Wars thing. I'll get to see how they fucked that up. But anyway, <laughs> they're mostly terrible, these new Star Wars things. I I'm sure that's not news to anybody who's watched them. And um, so what else has been going on on Netflix? There's the Blonde. Uh, I think that's on Amazon Prime, is it? Or anyway, it's on, I think it's on Netflix. Um, that's yeah, a Netflix. kind of three-hour, very dark kind of portrait of Marilyn Monroe. I didn't particularly like it. So it's made by Andrew Dominic, an Australian director who, um, you know, did Chopper and um, that, that film about um, Jesse James, is it? And the Coward, Robert Ford, and uh, another film called Killing Them Softly, which are all great films. Um, this one I don't like. It's very dark. It just focuses on all the negative things that happened to Marilyn Monroe. And um, I'm watching season five of The Handmaid's Tale that started up, which I quite like. Um, um, I don't, for some reason, a lot of men don't like this show, but I really like it because it's set in some fascist um, kind of America. It's like America if the people from QAnon had taken over. You know what I mean? Like they've had a coup and they've kicked all, all the liberals and it's some fascist state and everyone's gone up into Canada like they said they would if Donald Trump won. And um, I find it hilarious. And uh, it's got this great um, couple, the Waterfords. Um, you know, he's, One of them is a commander who was like one of the founding commanders of uh, Gilead. And then his wife, Serena Joy, she's completely nuts as well. Good fun. And uh, it's, it's a good show. And I highly recommend it to people from the uh, new right. And what else is there? What else was I going to mention to you? There's some other show. Uh, uh, the Watcher? The Strangler? Oh, yeah. I started watching a bit of that, you know, watching The Watcher. Didn't really like it that much. That lost mm. my interest. Um, and what else? Oh, yeah, there's a show called uh, The Stranger, which is oh, brilliant. Stranger. The Stranger um, that uh, I just watched last night. I thought, well, I'll watch half an hour. It was like late. It was like 11.30. Like, I'll just watch half an hour and watch the rest tomorrow night. And it was so good after half an hour. I had to sit and watch the whole fucking two hours. So I was up mm. to about one o'clock watching that last night. And, uh, but that, look, yeah, that was on at the Melbourne International Film Festival this year. And, um, you know, um, it is a very, very good film, Australian film starring Joel Edgerton. Um, and just check it out. We can discuss it. And it's, it's really actually nice tonight talking um, movies and stuff. So maybe we shouldn't always talk about um, yeah. um, serial I mean, killers, crazy serial killers. But like, let's, you know, maybe we should do this once a month, you know, talk about movies, culture. And I think because that's good to have that kind of discussion yeah. within the right wing yeah. community. And um, you want to put up the poster for the Melbourne Underground Film Festival coming up? Have you got that? Somewhere? Oh yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I made sure I could download it. So was it back? It was back in person last year at the the end of. No, no, we did it online last year oh. because at the end of the year we you know we were in lockdown at the end of last year, so we did it online um, last year. But we're back in person, so come along. Go to muff.com.au. You'll see this poster. You'll get all the details. Join the group uh, on Facebook and come along. We're going to be playing lots of, uh, I think we're going to get My Son Hunter. We're going to get, um, t- you know, 2,000 Mules. Uh, I'm playing a whole bunch of conspiracy kind of documentaries. There's new Australian films um, and, uh, you know, lots of interesting things happening. So I'm just putting the program together at the moment. It'll be up online around November 3rd. You know, that's about two weeks away. Three weeks away. Yeah. Oh, I was going to mention Mark Collette's uh, Patriotic Weekly Review. They occasionally do film reviews uh, as well as an aside from from activism. So yeah, it's certainly something we should we should do again. And also with uh, just a while seeing with Halloween around the corner, people are yep. being warned not to dress as Jeffrey Dahmer for for Halloween. Now, let's say this at the Unshackled here tonight. Um, this is what you got to dress up as. You know, I think you, you got to dress up as Jeffrey Dahmer. This is the year of Jeffrey Dahmer costumes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, get out there. 
and scared the living shit out of your neighbors and it'll be hilarious. So I think it's funny and, um, you know, why not? Hey, eh? you know, what do you think, yeah. Tim? Well, I don't have the right glasses for... I don't really celebrate Halloween anyway, but like if you're into that kind of thing, Jeffrey Dahmer is a good costume. So there you go, mate. If you want to be tasteful, there's plenty of fictional zero killers like Freddy Krueger and and Michael Myers. Or you can just read some of these books. You know, this one I had before, which I dug out from my uh, serial killer section, and then I got these other two online. So uh, worth a look, ladies and gentlemen, if you you want to Dahmer out further... After you know, your library books. and Netflix uh, watch history uh, is basically <laughs> how to be a serial killer. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm interested in a lot of different kinds of things. I have a degree in philosophy, so I read, read a lot of philosophy as well, which is actually one of the reasons I'm interested in um, things like serial killers, because I think the problem of evil um, is, a, is a big problem. You know, I mean, that's one of the major problems I think philosopher, philosophy and also politics needs to solve. Yeah, I mean, we have... We're talking people... about it tonight evil serial killers as our leaders, but they get other people to do Well, this is right. You know, I mean, you know, as someone pointed out recently, um, you know, Alex Jones told told a lie or, you know, he might have thought it was real at the time, but he told an untruth and then got sued for a billion dollars. And then some, but no one died. And yet someone like Dick Cheney said there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, which there weren't. And that killed over a million people. And he hasn't been fined so much as one Zach, ladies and gentlemen. So that's a good uh, way to end the show this evening. Tim's going to be on Cafe Lockdown tomorrow uh, with Michael Greg Griffith. So check that out. And yeah, um, I'll put the link on my channels. Uh, yes. 9 a.m. Uh, Australian Daylight Savings Time. So very early in the morning. Yep. Uh, it's going to be an early morning for me. So I've got to make sure I'm throat's all cleared in the morning yeah, and good. my hair's all done. I gotta run, mate, because sorry, I thought the show was now earlier. So I'm gonna say goodbye, viewers. Thank you all for watching. Make sure you watch more more shows to watch. And then, yeah, that's more shows to watch. And uh, report from Tiger Mountains, we'll be doing some more coming of them. And we'll be recording some more soon. And obviously, check Cafe Locked Out at the Melbourne Underground Film Festival in December 3rd to December 10th. We'll be doing a no goat show and all that stuff as part of the event. So come along and be part of it and support independent cinema. And, you know, support, you know, we're the anti-cancel culture um, festival. So come along and be part of it. All right, mate, I better go. Talk to you soon, mate. Great show tonight. See you, mate. See you, Tim. Yeah. And that's Wilms Front for tonight. So I hope that uh, you enjoyed uh, this different type of uh, Wilms Front program. And uh, let me know if you'd like us to do more review shows in the future and what type of content uh, you'd like us uh, to review because there's there's certainly like obviously Hollywood uh, is very uh, political there's lots of uh, subliminal messages in a lot of uh, a lot of the, the movies and television uh, that's uh, put out so uh, if you join uh, the Unshackled's Telegram discussion or my own Wilmsfront uh, discussion, uh, you uh, can suggest there. Let's do Bollywood. I'm not into to, to Bollywood, uh, so can we do House of the Dragon? I've still got to watch the, the last two uh, seasons of uh, the original Game of Thrones before I review House of the, the Dragon, but I should watch it so i know what everyone's talking about so as richard mentioned i'll be on air tomorrow uh, with uh, michael greg griffith on cafe locked out in the mornings uh so i'll share the uh the link in uh into my socials telegram gab 
uh, mines. And I've also reactivated my uh, Getter and Parler account now that uh, Yi, Kanye West, has uh, bought uh, Parler. Lady of Shalott is an expert on G.R.R. Martin. Is he ever going to finish the, the actual two books uh, in the, the, the game, the Song of Ice and Fire series, I, sh I should say? And then I'll also be a, on Friday evening, 6 p.m. Melbourne time, 8 p.m. Auckland time for a Trad Tasman talk with, with Duet de Boer. And there's uh, a lot to... Uh, a lot to report on uh, with uh, uh, Lydia Thorpe uh, again making a complete mockery of the office of senator, more woke uh, sports, and uh, uh, Dan Andrews uh, trying to hang on to his own electorate of Mulgrave. So uh, there'll be a lot to talk about then. Uh, make sure you keep checking out the unshackled.net on a regular basis. That's where our uh, Unshackled Productions archive is and also where uh, you can see our written articles as well. She, I, Lydia Thorpe only resigned as deputy, Green's deputy Senate leader, so she's still a senator. So she resigned from a nothing position, like, you know, that's nothing position. So, yeah, thank you all for watching. As usual, I'll see you tomorrow morning and tomorrow night. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Wilmsfront. Visit timwilms.com to view the archive of episodes. And keep visiting theunshackled.net to view all our shows. And to keep up with the latest real news and analysis.